0: Hello and welcome to The Pilgrim's Podcast, a podcast where we journey our way through John Bunyan's allegorical classic, The Pilgrim's Progress. Welcome to another edition of The Pilgrim's Podcast. Uh, I'm Jordan, and as always, I'm joined by my faithful companions, Stephen. Hello. And Harry. Hello. You're joining us. As we record this, in very the, the word that's in vogue uh, at the moment is unprecedented. Yeah. Yep. Very unprecedented times. I, for one, can't wait till we get back to the precedented times. <laughs> Whatever those are. We never really talk about the precedented times. It's just the unprecedented times. But that's, that's by the by. How are you guys coping with being shut in, locked in, quarantined, isolated, however you want to put it?
1: The good thing is, doing this podcast, it has made no difference to how we do this at all.
0: That's true. That's true. Although you'd be surprised, I spoke to a few people that are very uh, surprised to know that we, we do this in three separate locations.
1: I know. That's We've mad, always like. been self-isolated.
0: Apart from on a couple of rare occasions. Yes. it is. It is a very rare occasion that we are actually together. Doing this, but so that's a testament to whoever uh, edits these yeah. episodes. He's a hero. Yeah, anyway, so glad you've been. Uh, hopefully, you've been joining with us uh, as we have journeyed at uh, nay pilgrimaged or pilgrimed. I'm still not quite sure which of those is the correct term, but we'll, we'll go with the two of them.
1: I don't think pilgrimaged is, but it sounds better.
0: Does. It does indeed. So anyway, to pick up where we left off, uh, Christian has just been uh, refreshed after his battle, his, his half-day-long battle with Apollyon. And now, uh, at the end of the Valley of Humiliation, uh, is is a light at the end of the tunnel. In fact, no, it's not. It's the Valley of the Shadow of Death. Guys, what's your initial thoughts as we as we as we read through this chapter?
1: Um I'm reading through The Hobbit with my sons at the minute. And we've just finished the chapter Out of the Frying Pan and Into the Fire, where Bilbo gets out of the Misty Mountains and is now being attacked by wargs and goblins. And it reminds me of somewhat of this where you Go through one valley to go into, well, I think it's described as worse.
0: Well, yeah, well, Christian had a more difficult battle. Yeah, yeah, than his fight with Apollyon.
1: What I'm not sure about is if these two valleys are together. Is there a mountain in between that he has to climb up and down, or does he have to go
2: through the Mines of Moria?
1: Maybe, or does is this just one big long valley that's been subdivided up into different names? Or is it
2: a valley within a valley? Is there like a ridge? So like, you know, I think we're analyzing this a wee bit, but maybe there's, you know, there's a valley and then you come and there's like a wee bit of a ridge between two mountains and you go up there, but you don't go up to either of the mountains, but then you come down and there's another valley in there. I just, you know, I actually picture what I think of this. I think of uh, the Lion King. Yeah. And, uh, the place, uh, Simba's not supposed to go. The elephant graveyard? Yeah. Because it's, like, dark and shadowy and there's death there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Wow, It's really creepy,
1: yeah. I thought you were going to say the gorge where the wildebeest comes down, because that is a valley.
2: Sort yeah, of. But I suppose someone does die there, but, uh...
1: But I think, yeah, the the Elephant Graveyard is a good equivalence.
0: So am I right in thinking that this is another valley that Christian has to, has to go through in order to get to the Celestial City?
1: At the end of, of the Valley of Humiliation, having faced off with, what, some sort of demon dragon monster, you would think he could do with a break, maybe a bit of a rest, maybe some encouragement or another... House Beautiful or something up there. But really it, it doesn't let up at all. And there's no avoiding it. We see that a wee bit with the people who turn back. But uh, this is the path that he has to take. This is the King's Highway. It's It winds through this valley.
2: This is the way.
1: And uh, he doesn't really have a choice. If he's going to continue forwards, he has to continue forwards through this second valley. Do you think it seems unfair or unrealistic? on Bunyan's part, to double these valleys up?
2: No, probably not. Um, Sometimes one hardship can follow another hardship. Um, I don't know how much of influence Bunyan took on his own personal life to write this, so perhaps it's in reference to stuff he experienced.
1: It seems that he just about steps into this second valley when he's met by... Uh, two guys running out of it towards him, mm-hmm. trying to dissuade him from going in.
0: Well, again, it's the same argument or the same conversation that we were having with timorous and mistrust.
1: Yeah, that's exactly who I
2: thought of. Yeah, it's very similar.
0: You know, every time he comes to another another part along the along the path here, along the along the King's Highway, he's, he's met with. Like more, more people who are are returning, who are retreating, who are going back.
1: Yeah. And it seems that every difficulty where you probably come to that conclusion yourself, when you have to make that decision whether to go back or to press on, he's also has these external voices telling him, go back, give up, Mm -hmm. turn back. And these aren't even enemies in the sense of like Apollyon. Mm Mm-hmm. These are fellow travelers saying, nope, it's not worth it.
2: Turn around. Mm Mm-hmm. It's very um reminiscent of the spies that were sent out into the promised land you know when the ten of them came back and were more like oh there's there's giants there we can't go in there and I, I, it's sort of similar when they say you know all the things they seen such as the hob- goblins and the satyrs and the dragons so, you know I think there's, yeah I think there's definitely reference he's making reference there
1: well, I think Bunyan describes them as children oh, of... Oh, yeah. ...of those who... Uh, oh, yeah, he I brought think
2: back an promise not. Yeah, I thought there was a reason why. Oh, yeah, I, thought
1: that. I mean, you've got the giants at the end of this valley, not the jump too far ahead. Oh, yeah. So there's a very strong link with... Uh, there are actual real dangers here. hmm And it isn't going to be pleasant. But Christian's told... Or tr- seemingly tried to be convinced by these guys to to go back just like timorous and mistrust there's there's ac- accounts that ring true and again like the lions they're they're not false accounts they're true accounts of what's there yeah and he's told yeah avoid it mm-hmm.
2: but I like um how he just says after they tell him all these things, he says, from what you've said, I believe this is my way to the desired haven. But yeah, it's almost like he expects now that the right way is going to have its challenges um, and it's not going to be an easy way. And I think he's, yeah. he's a bit more learned, so he almost expects that more. It's like, yeah, there's all these hard things. Well, that's sort of the way I've been going so far, so sounds about right.
1: Yeah, and I think you see that you know his his sword is still out. Mm-hmm. There's a a note by by Bunyan that his his sword is still in his hands. He's expecting something to happen. He's expecting something bad.
0: And this this valley, as we read on there, it's almost like well, there's a there's a deep ditch on one side, and on the other side there's a a very dangerous. Quagmire, Giggity. Giggity, 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 go. Into that quagmire, King David once fell as well.
1: A quagmire is as just like a, a swampy like a bog thing, yeah. So it's like the sly, yeah. Only it's it's something that you can't get out of yourself. Uh,
0: which of the Indiana Jones films is the path invisible? But he like rolls out the marbles.
1: Oh, that's the Last Crusade.
0: Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's what I imagine. And it's sort of like a. Like a path, a leap
1: of faith. Yeah,
0: not so much a leap of faith, but just to have that sort of chasm on on either side. I like, yeah, assuming yeah. it's a chasm, is it?
1: It's a leap of faith in the movie. It's a uh, yeah, it's a very narrow walkway with uh, yeah across a chasm.
0: That's what I sort of have in mind.
1: Yeah. No, I think that's right.
0: It's interesting that there's not like you know, there's not a quagmire on either side, or there's not a ditch on either side. One mm-hmm. one's a ditch, and one's a one's a quagmire. So. They, they must represent two two different things, as we see here.
1: Yeah, they seem to be. It seems to me that you're going to fall into one of them, probably, if you're not careful. And uh, by trying to maybe overcorrect on the one, you're in danger of falling into the other.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: So the the quagmire, I think that's uh, with the reference to King David and the. I think it's the the mirey pit that he talks about
0: psalm 69 as well david pence deliver me out of the mire deliver me out of the mire and and let me not sink but um if i can reference our good friend ken again here he says bunyan notes that the path through the valley is hemmed in by a ditch on one side and a quagmire on the other the ditch represents falling into sinful error we stumble into its deep chasms when we are blind to the truth and when we underestimate the power of temptation and treat sin lightly and casually. Yeah. The, The quagmire on the opposite side of the path represents our being overtaken by sin and overwhelmed with doubts and fears and guilt. And we sink in the quagmire when we're beaten down by temptations, weighed down with despair and sorrow and when we feel defeated by struggles and laid low by setbacks. And the only safe path is straight through the middle.
1: Yeah. I think, I mean, the the other things to note in this valley are the path's narrow and it's dark, so it's difficult to see where you're going. And I think the warning is against maybe this kind of, you know, a cockiness and overconfidence with, um, I'm going to Celestial City, I can do whatever I want, you know, and and strutting around, you're going to fall into the ditch. But also, if you're if you're enraptured with fear and despair of this darkness and the howls and wails and the spookiness of it all, you're gonna sink like in this of despond. You're gonna slink into the quagmire and and drown almost. Mm-hmm. And there's a, a a diligent focus required to walk maybe carefully and slowly on the narrow path. In the darkness. You can't rush it. Yeah. I mean, do you think you could run through the valley of Shadow of Death? Could you get through as quickly as you could? Or is the darkness and the narrowness of the path
2: meant to slow you down? Probably. You probably couldn't run because basically you sort of answered
0: the question.
1: Yeah, you'd fall into one of the sides.
0: I mean, the very, the most famous reference in the Bible to the valley of the shadow of death, David is walking. There isn't that sort of uh, hastiness and and running and, and, and sprinting through it. He's he's walking. That's true. Through the valley of the shadow of death. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think he could run, but I mean, yeah, yeah, I think. There's danger. There's risk there. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. What do you make of these creatures that Christian is warned about and that are actually there, such as hobgoblins, um, dragons, and uh,
2: satyrs, which I think are like well, goat men people. I believe in Percy Jackson they refer to them as satyrs.
1: The politically correct term, satyr.
2: Oh, really? Yeah. Hobgoblins are ambitious spirits. Satyrs are lustful men who have hindquarters of a goat. Ah, that's so what I thought. Of course, such beings are mythical. Like Philotides. Yeah. From Disney's Hercules.
1: What's the matter, you never seen a satyr before? Uh, no.
2: Isaiah refers to the false gods of the, the heathen as satyrs, in brackets, he-goats.
1: Uh-huh. And then the dragon is similar to Napoleon. Yeah, I would assume so.
0: It makes me laugh. It makes me think that maybe, I mean, I don't know. Bunyan in, in his in his prison cell can can think uh, back in scripture. Yeah, there was there was satyrs or satyrs or satires or however we're going to go forward with this. <laughs> I can I can remember them from the Bible. Dragons, obviously. You know, uh, we find them in the Bible too. Uh, I just need a third one, and he can't remember any other sort of. So we just go Ah, sure Hobgoblins <laughs>
1: I'll fix that later <laughs> We'll just stick them in for now So we've got these creatures The The hubbub the, the, hub, the hub The Hob Hobnobs? The Hob Yeah, the Hobnobs um, The Hobgoblins like,
2: Don't go there There's Hobnobs
1: <laughs> Um We've got these creatures: the hobgoblins, the
2: satyr satyrs. I believe it's satyrs. No, I could be wrong, but I believe that okay. is the correct pronunciation. Hobgoblins, satyrs,
1: and dragons, and then we've just got kind of background spooky ambiance of howling and yelling,
0: mm-hmm.
1: continually. Uh, and then I think we see the entrance to hell, possibly
0: well he sees the mouth of hell yeah
1: I'm, I'm assuming that's what it means by the mouth of hell it's the, the gates or the entrance way like at the the entrance of a cave
0: and there comes forth flame and smoke continually sparks and hideous noises things with which Christian couldn't fight with his sword so that that's I mean we, we mentioned at the start of this uh, about these you know one one valley going into the next, and really they're two, they're two different valleys, in the sense that Christian with Apollyon, there was a, there was a very visible, tangible enemy before him. Yeah, yeah, you know definitely. where where he could, he could strike a f- fatal blow.
1: Yeah, there was a real physical threat.
0: Yeah, here now it's. It's sparks and hideous noises and howlings and, and yellings, as well as hobgoblins and, and dragons and things that a, a, a sword, as we see uh, coming up, the sword isn't going to cut it. Boom, boom, psh. Oh,
2: no. That was <laughs> class. Yeah. I did not need
1: yeah, and and he has to pull out a new weapon, the all prayer,
0: the all spark.
1: What do you think it is? I mean, it, it's not described as an allegorical weapon, like a like a, a new sword. I mean, it sounds like an awesome name for a sword or an axe, or something out there, you know, or even yeah. maybe like a a crossbow or something out there where you're shooting up prayers. <laughs> It's, but it's not described. It's just he pulls out this new weapon and uh, and he cries out, Oh Lord, I
2: beseech you, deliver my soul. Yeah. Calling on the name of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Well, I suppose, um, you know, if you're keeping in track with Ephesians 6, verse 18 of it, uh-huh. you know, when it's describing the armor of God, it says, So after the sword of the spirit. It says, "Praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication."
1: Okay, yeah. So I suppose it's still so it's almost the natural p- next item on that list is is prayer. Yeah. Why do you think the sword of the spirit couldn't do it? <laughs> you know, I I understand in the allegory that there are some things that swords physically can't fight with, and you'd need something different. But outside of the allegory and this. All prayer weapons seems to kind of broken the allegory a wee bit. It, is it saying that, that the word of God isn't sufficient here? I don't want to hang Bunyanite as a heretic, but what's he saying?
0: It's too late. It's too late.
2: I suppose if he can't see, he can't read. He <laughs> can't. You can't use a sword if you can't see.
1: But does that you know? Maybe maybe I am taking this too far. Uh, but does there seem to be some significance to he could not fight with his sword i don't know okay well if you're listening to this and you have an idea let us know because i mean part of the podcast for us Mm -hmm. is working through this together i i don't have answers um What do you think? What are your thoughts on Christian putting away the sword and pulling out all prayer?
0: The weapon of all prayer. I don't know.
1: And he gets some sort of, um, he gets some sort of rush or injection of adrenaline and courage whenever he pulls out all prayer and calls in the name of the Lord. Um... You know, it's it's maybe not too dissimilar so from He Man pulling out his sword and shouting, I have the power. But all these creeping things that were creeping up on him, these fiends, suddenly scatter. hmm He remembers that he's already vanquished many dangers. And uh and he's reassured by the old prayer.
0: Mm-hmm he's not walking in his own strength here but the fiends retreat they come no further when he cries out that he's walking in the strength of the Lord is God
1: yeah could it be then something about having the word of christ dwelling richly within yourself and and the response to that is a communion with god through prayer that that's he doesn't need maybe his sword out you know and and he, he's relying then on that, that communion with God if you know what I'm getting at you know that idea that he doesn't you know don't need your Bible in your hand because your Bible's in your heart to put it really Christianly cliched <laughs> oh that's terrible isn't it do you know what I mean but I mean this piece yeah. is just so weird and spooky and creepy you know because it just gets weirder now you know he's he's so scared out of his wits at this point and so disorientated in the darkness that he's not even aware if his thoughts are his thoughts or somebody else's. He doesn't recognize his own voice and now he gets this real creepy, wicked thing speaking in his ear from behind, whispering to him blasphemies and he's not sure whether he's thinking it himself, whether he's having doubts and doubting his own salvation or whether he's being influenced or manipulated by someone else, and it's just weird. No.
2: Yeah.
0: No, it definitely is weird. Definitely is weird. But I think it's probably um, autobiographical. Like, like a lot of this is, you know, oh, a lot joy. of this is comes from. What?
2: Literally, just stole my point there.
0: Look at that. Oh, here. Well, the point that Harry's going to make just in a second <laughs> is that a lot of this. Is is autobiographical? It's it's based on uh, Bunyan's own experiences, isn't that right, Harry? Yeah, hundred percent. From John John Bunyan's The Tinker of Bedford, um, by William Dale. You know there was times when uh, John Bunyan doubted, struggled, um, thought the most awful things about himself, about his salvation. Mm-hmm. Like the rest of us do from time to time. Like
1: like Spurgeon's Dark Night of the Soul?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know,
1: that real sense of, of despair and, and darkness and self-doubt.
2: Yeah. He says, Grace Abounding, While I was in this temptation, I should often find my mind suddenly put upon it to curse and swear or to speak some grievous thing against God or Christ his Son, of the scripture, now I thought surely I'm possessed of the devil. So that maybe gives a wee interesting insight of yeah. his own trials, you know, maybe influence what he's what he's written here. And maybe that's why he can't use a
1: sword. Because he's not sure whether it's some external threat or it's himself. Mm-hmm. You know, he can't, I mean, he could stand against Apollyon, he could mouth off back against Apollyon and answer and rebuke him, but this is an unknown, unseen enemy, and he's not even sure who the enemy is, which would make him unknown, um, but he's not even sure if it's not, not himself, mm-hmm. and, and you know, how can you how can you battle yourself with scripture if you're not even sure you can use scripture?
0: Mm. Mmm, yeah, good point. Yeah. Just um, creepy. (laughs) If we circle back to uh, Psalm 23, Christian quotes the verse right through. But though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil, for you are with me. No. You know, and it's not just the walking through the valley.
1: It's not Christian. I think that's an important part of it. Yeah, it's he hears it.
0: Aye. No, you're right. You're right.
1: He hears the voice of a man somewhere up ahead of him, and what does he hear? But the psalm being said out loud. Hmm. I mean, this is a psalm that 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 I know of by heart. I have learnt that brings so much comfort in dark and uncertain times, and I think in in a situation that that Christian finds himself in. Where you're not even sure yourself to hear this external word is is life. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil,
0: for you are with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not just the, uh, the walking through the valley, but there's the absence of uh, fear. Because yeah. of who's with you. Do you know what? just shows you how I sort of glazed over this when I was reading it. <laughs> That's
1: okay. We'll let you off.
0: You cut that out. You make me look stupid.
1: No, no, no. Oh, <laughs> it stupid, <laughs> it? Um, and it turns out that this voice is, well, should we spoil it?
2: No. No. Okay. Let's not. Right. But I would say, this is what I'd say, Stephen. Okay, go Harry. I would say that person saying that will be someone of great faith.
0: <laughs> would he be uh, full of faith? I uh, yes, he would be full of faith.
1: <laughs> okay.
2: But we won't say
1: who it is. But at least we didn't spoil it. No. Um, Christian's very glad to
2: hear this voice. I think Stephen, that would be unfaithful to our <laughs> to our moral code if we did that.
1: Uh,
0: as we walk, as we journey along on our own uh, pilgrimage, as we walk in the strength of the Lord, we can be encouraged, comforted by those who are further along the way. Uh, and the the word of God yeah we can be comforted by the, the by the promises that we see yeah in 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 the Bible
1: yeah and even unintentionally like this mystery pilgrim up ahead might just be saying that the the Lord's my shepherd to himself to spur himself on and, and speak truth to himself and encourage him and comfort himself he maybe isn't aware that there's a guy. You know, a couple of hundred yards behind them, who can hear them. Mm-hmm. But that—that that, you know, whenever we sing together and we hear each other singing in church, whenever we pray out loud together and we hear each other praying, yes, it's it's uh, us speaking to God as our heavenly Father. But but the opportunity for other believers to listen in on that or to hear us sing is mutually encouraging. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a like a runoff or a side effect of it.
0: Yeah, no, you're 100% right. Just as we, as we are faithfully uh, walking along the path, we can, without our knowledge, uh, be a great source of, of encouragement to, to others who are walking along the way.
1: So, like, like right at the minute, we're in church lockdown and quarantine and we can't meet together and, and doing church in your own living room with the TV. feels weird and can feel stupid at times as well but you know seeing other people's Instagram stories of them in their house with the TV on and and the service playing is a real encouragement I think in in a similar vein to this saying hey I'm not the only one doing this and I'm not the only one finding this strange and I'm not the only one missing church
2: Yeah, yeah so it obviously turns daytime, or it gets light, and he can see back, and he can see what he saw,
0: and he can see what's ahead of him, there's many dangers, toils and snares.
2: That's a hymn, isn't it?
0: That is, yes.
1: Amazing grace, got it.
0: Mm. So there's traps and snares and snags and nets and pitfalls and entanglements, which he he wouldn't have seen if it was dark.
1: Does that mean that he, he doesn't spring any of them I mean he just walks around them
0: well no he's able to see them now isn't he
1: does that does that make them null
0: and void well it'd be pretty stupid to step on a trap that you've seen right in front there
1: I know but like it could be like there could be it could be like walking through a, a room of Legos that you can see
0: have you ever purposely stepped on a Lego
1: no but if it's like a whole room and you're trying to get across Hmm. Do you know what I mean? You know, there could be, you know, yes, before he couldn't see where he was going and there was dangers on the other side. But now he's, is it a case of, well, now you can see, just, you know, avoid that dark shadowy part over there. That's an elephant's graveyard. Or is it a case of now you can see where you're going. So watch your step, be careful.
0: Well, no, I definitely think there's probably yeah, there's probably still danger there, but okay. with with the light comes greater uh discernment. You know, he's able yeah. to navigate around him a lot. He's got an advantage. Yes, uh, with this light, the fiends are that they're they're not uh, right up close to him anymore. They're
1: oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah.
0: You know, there's a yeah. lot of advantages here. He can see all that. I'm sure he can see. now, if he was foolish. If he was cocky, uh huh, you know, there's still the danger. He's still of, tripping to it, yeah. yeah.
1: But he's not worrying about hobgoblins and vampires and things because it's yeah. daytime. Yeah.
2: Then he he starts coming to the end of the valley and he starts to see blood and bones and ashes. See, it's very like the elephant's Graveyard. And right now, we are all in very real danger. Danger? Ha! I walk on the wild side. I laugh in the face of danger. (laughs) Yeah,
1: it's like the Pilgrim's Graveyard. This is again still pretty creepy. Yeah. Um, Two giants. Two giants and a lot of bodies. You know, it's like the end of a Tarantino movie.
2: Pope and Pagan. Is there a reason why both of them begin with P? That's the question. Poetic license.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so we've got these two giants sitting in front of this cave and. First of all, you're like, whoa, oh no, giants. Well, I am anyway. I but then it turns out that one of them's dead already. Yeah. Pagan. It's mm-hmm. And
2: Pope's pretty yeah. rubbish. It's actually a bit of an anticlimax. Because you come to the end of this valley, there's all these dead pilgrim bodies here. Two massive giants. Yeah,
1: and it's. Just, I think it's getting more and more tense. And
2: then it's just like, one's dead and the other one's Yeah.
0: Sort of old now, anyway, so but I still don't
2: It's actually know. pretty funny.
0: What? It's actually pretty, it's pretty, it's actually pretty funny. There's a, a bit of a bit of comedic, uh, light relief here, a bit of satire, maybe not, yeah, or a bit uh, of You can't see them anymore, S- sure. You can <laughs>
1: um, are you meant to read this like, oh no, how is he going to get through this big, massive threat? And, you know, if he's gotten through all of that, two giants, yeah, I mean,
0: in. In quick succession, uh, he mentions uh, blood, bones, ashes, and mangled bodies. Yeah. And they've been cruelly uh, put to death. Talks about their power and their tyranny. Yeah, he sort of hypes it up. And then, yeah, one's dead and one's senile.
1: Yeah. I'm assuming that the pagan is like ancient Rome and the feeding of Christians to the lions and and barbarism and, and paganism non-Christian times and that's why he's dead he's you know this is this is from before Christendom and the rise of the church um, across Europe and and the Catholic Church at this stage. This is maybe what 100 200 years after the Reformation so it's seen as England has now moved through a period of back and forth with martyrs due to Bloody Mary and the the flipping between the monarchs now it's a fairly Protestant place so Catholicism isn't necessarily a threat anymore.
2: I think that's, I think that's what he's hinting at. Yeah, you
1: because know, there would have been that rule brought in at this stage you know, if this is post-English Civil War that the um, that law, that the monarch is not allowed to be Catholic.
0: Yeah, I mean for Christian here, the Pope, for all of his his bluster and for all of his, and you know, he can he can sit and shout and do what he wants but there's no there's no harm gonna to come to to Christian from him. Yeah. He's a giant he's a giant and there is uh, there's tyranny and power in his in his history, but now he he can't do anything but sit and bite his nails. He's no He's not a threat. He's no threat.
1: So I'm led to believe that in, in book two, Christiana's Journey the giant Pope. The giant Pope. <laughs> the giant called Pope no longer inhabits this cave. No. I, and there's another giant is taken over. I believe
0: yeah, there's a giant called Darth Maul. Darth Maul.
1: Darth Maul. Darth
0: Maul. Darth Maul. Did I just steal your Star you Wars. Did, you did.
1: You stole my <laughs> Star Wars joke, and you don't even like Star Wars.
0: I've been, I've been waiting to do that for the past like thirteen minutes. No, I'll let you ah. go ahead. Do it again. Do it again.
1: No, nope, I'm keeping this in. <laughs> and Maul represents Anglicanism, um, which, as a non norm- nonconformist Bunyan, would have seen him as a threat, but uh, different from paganism and popery.
0: Chiggery popery.
1: And so Christian um, silent walking past them but not harmed and then he sings mm-hmm. um and he talks about having gone through darkness devils hell and sin but there's that last line of his song which is i think an incredible line but since i live let jesus wear the crown
0: hey that's the you know that's the goal yeah you know that's the goal that's what we that's what we're aiming for for the people to say that and sing that and have them come through what he's come through yeah it's uh, it speaks to the seriousness that Christian takes this journey
1: yeah he's gone through a double valley experience and his, his last words coming out of this second valley is let Jesus wear the crown
0: yeah amen and amen so that has been uh or look at the, the valley of the shadow of death and we've ended with a senile pope uh, binding his nails and christians singing about uh, jesus wearing the crown uh, all that's left for me to say is uh, do give us a review uh, do uh, Listen to our previous episodes if you haven't. For some reason, you're just jumping in at episode 21. Drop us an email at pilgrimspod at gmail.com. Follow us on the social medias at Twitter and Instagram at pilgrimspod.
1: And let us know what you think about the sword. Yeah,
0: no, definitely do. Definitely do. That would be interesting to hear what your thoughts are. I've been Jordan.
1: I've been Stephen. I've been Harry. Bye-bye.
2: Bye. Bye. Bye.